Happy Easter, everyone. This is Craig White, and I want to thank you for tuning in today once again to our broadcast. We hope that this presentation will lift you, encourage you, and help you in your experience to have life to the full that Jesus came to bring. I want to say thanks again to those of you who support this ministry. We simply could not do this without you. In addition to those of you who give online, I also want to thank those who last week mailed checks into our office, which is so appreciated, especially at this time. Last week, we reached over 6,000 people. Many of you shared it with your friends, which was great, and I hope that you'll do that again today. This week, we're beginning to collect food for our local food pantry, so be sure and watch for the particular times in the announcements that we'll be sending out so you can participate in helping us to bless our community. Now, today, we have a worship playlist with our own worship team participating. We've got the announcements and kids' ministry as well, and a powerful message for today. So let's begin by praying over today's ministry. Again, it's Easter. Come on, somebody. Let's resurrect our, our worship today with the resurrected Jesus, and let's just exalt him together. Father, we thank you for this time that we can be together today, even though uh, it may look different than what it would normally do on any other Easter, but God, we know you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We pray your healing into those who might have COVID-19 or whatever else is going on in their life. For those who maybe have lost jobs, we pray that you will just help them to not have a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. God, be with us today as we celebrate you, as we celebrate your resurrection power, and we thank you for your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh 
Happy Easter, everyone. I want to announce to you that it's Resurrection Sunday and Jesus is alive. Now, of course, it looks different than what it normally would on an Easter Sunday because the church has left the building. We have never said that church was about the building, and of course, it's about you and I uh, being the church of Jesus Christ. And so uh, we have the same God. Uh, He's never changed, and I believe He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so today, uh, we're going to look again to what God has to say to us in the book of Mark, where we've been for the last several Sundays. We're winding up this series, and next week, we'll be looking at vision and the vision that God has for your lives. It's the 20th anniversary of our church, and so we'll be looking at God's vision for you that can lift you out of whatever condition you may be in into what God has yet for you. So don't miss next week. But uh, thanks again to those of you who, who support this ministry, who help us uh, week to week. And if you've never done that before, uh, we invite you to come along and be a part of our CFAM and uh, just join in with us. And we thank you uh, for your support. Do me a favor, and as we're uh, preaching today, as I'm speaking, I'm used to a room full of people, so you can shout out there wherever you are in your living room, or uh, maybe you're sitting in a parked car, wherever it is, Uh, but maybe even in the chat, you can just shout amen and uh, just come into agreement with us as we look to God's Word. In Mark chapter 16, if you have a Bible is where we find the resurrection story in the book of Mark. And I'm going to read today from the New Living Translation. And here's what it says in verse 1. Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. So the night before... Resurrection morning, they go and get ready. Then verse 2, very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, This is where they laid his body. Now, go, tell his disciples, notice this, including Peter, the angel said, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. You know, the stone wasn't moved because... uh, Jesus needed to get out. The stone was moved because those women needed to get in. 
They needed to be able to see what had already happened to Jesus. And today we're going to look inside with them at what the words were that this angel spoke and the power of God's resurrection. And and, and the title I want us to look at today is You Can Come Back. You Can Come Back. Look, Jesus came back. And He came back so that you and I could live free, free of fear, free of anxiety, free of depression, free of of things that try to incarcerate our lives and hold us down and even paralyze us, but to free us up so that we could have life and life to the full. So I want to share with you three things that I believe uh, Jesus came to do as he brought resurrection life into this world. The first one is to know God. Maybe you want to write that down. Uh, To know God. Jesus says through this angel, tell them I want to meet with them, that I've gone on before them, that I'm, I'm waiting on them. Isn't it awesome to know that Jesus has gone before you and he's waiting on you to come to him? He wants you to know him. Now, you may not know this even if you grew up in church. It's quite possible to have gone to church and believe that uh, all that religion is is really following some rules, being a good person, hoping your good somehow outweighs your bad and, and that you'll be able to get to heaven. But I want to assure you that God has more than that in store for you and I. He wants to be known. He's not a God far off. He is a God very near. He has always wanted a relationship with you and with me. In Philippians, uh, the Bible says in chapter 3, verse 10, I want to know Christ, Paul said. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death as he surrendered all to his heavenly Father. He says, I want to know him in the power of, of his resurrection. So the question today is, do you know Jesus in the power of his resurrection? Do you know him in the power of his resurrection? To know him is different than just obeying him. You know, again, in many religions, it's it's kind of about obeying these rules, doing these things that uh, if you do these then you're accepted here and if you wear the right clothes maybe if you if you say the right things or don't do certain things then you're okay you're kind of in the club so to speak but that's not at all what Jesus came to do that's not at all what God had in mind because how many of you know you can obey God and try to be a good person but the moment you know you disobey God, what do you do? You hide. Most of us don't run to God. We run from God. And and we see that in the very first couple in the Bible, Adam and Eve, the moment they sinned, what they do? They hid themselves. And God says, why are you hiding yourselves? Is it because you disobeyed me? And Peter, when he denied the Lord, 
Uh, again, I want to remind you that Peter is the, is the one speaking through Mark. He's the one telling Mark what to say, what to write down as he's writing this gospel. And, and he says, you know, I denied the Lord three times. I messed up. I choked. I, I even said, these other guys, these turkeys that you're around, Jesus, these, these guys, they're, they're a mess, but not me. I would never, never uh, disobey you. I'd never turn my back on you. I'd never blaspheme you. I'd never do those things. Not me. And Jesus said, well, before tonight's over, you'll do it three times. And the Bible says earlier uh, that he did do that. And the moment he did, his heart broke and he fled. He didn't run toward Jesus. He went away from him. But the interesting thing about God is when Jesus told a story about God as being like our heavenly father, and, and when the son was coming home, he says, God ran to him. You see, God runs to us. We may run from God, but that's not God's attitude toward you today. God's attitude toward you is to run to you. In Mark chapter 7, verse 6, it says, Isaiah was right. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. These were church people, okay? These were church people. So if you didn't like certain church people you grew up with and you thought they were hypocrites, and you would love Jesus because he didn't like that either when, when people put on. And, and he says, you, you know, here's what was written about you. These people, notice this, honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Now, here's what I get from that is God is not after your lips. He's after your life your heart. He wants you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to know him. And I'm telling you, Crossroads Church, I believe we are a people full of love for the Lord. That's the reason why when we come to church, we get excited about it. We get excited about worshiping God. We get excited about every day. We get excited about what God's doing in our lives and the opportunity to maybe come to church and to teach kids about Jesus or impact a teenager's life or, or to impact somebody else's life, to maybe serve coffee in the lobby to people or just greet people at the door or out in the parking lot, all kinds of ways that we serve the Lord. And it's a delight. It's not a dread. It's a delight. And, and here's how we know this, because, you know, when you're just trying to do good, how many of you know that can be frustrating to just, you know, oh, I got to live perfect, I got to do it perfect, and, and, and that's challenging. That can be hard to follow rules, but it's not hard to please people when you love people. In other words, it, it's like I don't get up every day and say, okay, Craig, today you're not going to commit adultery. You know, just don't, don't do that, Craig. Don't, don't do that. Don't commit adultery. I don't do that. I don't look to do that because I love my wife. And see, the more I love my wife and I focus on that, then I don't even have to think about 
not doing other things. And the same thing with God. Don't, don't think today that, you know, what I'm asking you to do is follow a bunch of rules or even join this church or whatever. That, that's not, not at all what Jesus came and died on the cross for. He came and died on the cross so you would love him like he loves you. And if you would love him like that, you don't have to worry about keeping rules. You don't have to worry about all the other stuff. And here's the thing is, is Jesus loved Peter in spite of Peter, right? In spite of who he was. I mean, Jesus wasn't fooled. He even said, Peter, you know, stop talking. Before the night's over, you're going to deny me three times. You know, I know who you are. I know your failings. I know your faults. And yet, in spite of that, he says, now go tell my disciples and Peter. You make sure he knows that he's included. I like what a writer said. He said, resurrection is now no longer a mere doctrine. It's not just a doctrine we're learning about. It has a living face and a name. Jesus. He himself is the life which God's gift is beyond death. To be bound to Jesus, he said, by faith is to share already, now, the life that is beyond death. I like what that writer said. He says, resurrection has a face. Resurrection has a name, and his name is Jesus. Do we know him? He wants us to. He wants us to know him, like Paul said, in the power of his resurrection. And then, not just do we know God, but to know God as well. Secondly, in transformation. In transformation. God wants to use his transforming power in us to make us more than we would be otherwise. One of the words that's used in the Bible about transformation is the same word that we use for metamorphosis. And we see that in butterflies. You know, nature is preaching to us if we'll just watch, if we'll just look. And the caterpillar comes along and he just eats and eats and eats like crazy and then puts this cocoon together and within days, actually within a few weeks at most, when he comes out, when she comes out, they're transformed. They're not like they were before. And it's a beautiful picture of what God does through his grace, through his mercy. It's what the resurrection power of Jesus is all about. Here's what Paul said about it in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, again from the New Living Translation, says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, guess what? Lives in you. He lives in me. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Paul says, I'm telling you, the same power that it took, and think about the power that it takes to raise somebody from the dead after three days, not three minutes on the table, not, not three hours 
on the table. But three days, God raised Jesus from the dead, and he says, now that power is in you. That power, that same power is in you. And it starts there, but it doesn't stop there. It just keeps on working, right? It it just keeps on working, that full life of Jesus. Jesus, listen to me, he did not come uh, and die on the cross, be raised from the dead to give you resurrection power so you could be a good person. You can be a good person without that. Jesus did not come to make bad people good. He came to raise dead people back to life through his power, through his resurrected power to transform your life. The resurrection of Jesus enables us to close the gap between the life we're living and the life we could live, the life that could be ours, the life that God had intended for us. I like how C.S. Lewis said, Easter is death working backwards. Don't you love that? He said, it's death working backwards in your life. When Jesus comes into your life in his resurrection power, death starts working backwards. All of the impact, all the things of this world start coming out of your life, and all of the things that God has start working in your life. And it happens because God accepts you just right where you are. Listen, if he accepted Peter, okay, he accepts you. Think about that. He knew all about Peter. He knew, Peter, you're just blowing smoke, man. You're just, you, you need to just be quiet because you're going to deny me three times before this night's over. He knew all about him, and yet he accepted him, and then he transformed him. And the same thing with you. He accepts you so that he can transform you. He transformed Peter into a pillar in the church. Can you imagine when you're going to look around and say, now who should I pick? Who, who, who is it that I should pick? Who, who should be like lead guy for me in the church? And you're looking over the whole church and you're trying to figure out who that's going to be. How many would have picked Peter? I mean, after that night before, after denying him three times, he probably moved down to the bottom of the list, just, just above Judas, you know. But instead, God says, no, 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 I I can use him to be a pillar in the church. And he also wrote scripture himself. Now, I haven't written any scripture. How about you? Peter wrote scripture. What? Are you kidding me? You're going to let somebody like that write part of the Bible? Absolutely. Because Peter knows the power of God working in his life. Only God can take a cursor and make him a praiser, right? Only God can take someone who would deny Jesus and turn him into a delight for Jesus. Only God can transform a person's life like that. And it's through his resurrection power. He took Peter and made him into a rock, the Bible says. All right, so before Dwayne Johnson, I'm telling you, 
Peter was the original rock, right? He, he was the original rock. Jesus said, you're Peter, and I'm going to build my church on what you just said, that, that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. So he built the church up on people like Peter. And so God's not finished with you yet. He's not finished with me. Maybe turn to somebody if you got somebody around and say, hey, he's not finished with you either. Aren't you glad for that? He's not finished with you either. And every day, I don't know about you, but every day he's working on me. And, and one of the pictures that, that God puts in the Bible is of a potter with clay. And he says, you know, God's hands are kind of like with that that clay. He just gets around it and, and begins to shape it and mold it, and, and he makes it a vessel of honor to his glory. And I'm telling you, God's hands are on your life so that he can transform you into a vessel of honor for his glory. His grace is more than enough. I, I want to introduce you to someone uh, this is what she wrote about herself. Her name's Michelle. And here's, here's what she said. My name is Michelle. I was born in California in 1988. At the age of 10, my family moved to Indiana. Where, and, and when I turned 17, she says, I was pregnant and became a single mother to a beautiful daughter named Mackenzie. Before my daughter was born, I started smoking THC and drinking. My life started to spiral downward from trading sex for money and drugs. Every morning I would wake up running toward the cross. As a little girl growing up in church, I knew who God was. Listen to this. But I never really knew him. I knew about him, she says, but I never really believed. I hit a point in my life when I didn't have another run in me. Maybe that's you today. You just don't have another run in you. I talked to my brother about different programs. And on June 24th of 2019, I walked through the doors of Grace House Teen Challenge in Indianapolis. Since then, since I've been at Grace House, it has helped me become an overcomer in life and fix my relationship with God and my family. Come on, somebody get excited over what God's done in Michelle's life. And I'm telling you, she's just one of so many. I have seen so many people transformed by the living Jesus that you can't convince me that Jesus isn't alive. I've just seen too much evidence in the lives of people who have been radically transformed, who have had hell's chains broken off of their lives. They've been made into overcomers. Like Michelle said, they've overcome drugs. They've overcome alcoholism. They've overcome sexual attractions that, that were inappropriate. They've, they've overcome everything 
that, that could cause them to live a defeated life that could destroy even their life and cause them to come to ruin. But instead, Jesus in his resurrection power transformed them and they became overcomers. Just like Peter. Peter became an overcomer. See, grace will meet you where you are, but it'll never leave you where it finds you. God always has a higher goal, a higher plan, and transforms us. And I'm telling you, I don't even have to look around. I can just know it from myself. I mean, I've told you in our church family before how, how that I was a shy kid. I didn't really want uh, to be up front or anything. As a matter of fact, by the time I was a teenager and we had a, a teen choir, okay, back in the day, uh, we had teen choirs where teens would get up in church and sing, and, and, and we had our teen choir that was going to sing in church. And I, I've told our church family this before, but uh, the director of that choir came to me right before the performance we were going to do in church and said, hey, Craig, I, I want you to say this before this certain song. And she says, uh, just come down to the microphone and say, smile, God loves you. And I said, okay. And then afterwards, I thought, why did I say okay? I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to some microphone in front of my whole church and all, and all these people that are going to be there. And I'm telling you this, when we got up and we started singing and I knew this is the song that after this song, I'm supposed to go down there off of these steps and go to that microphone and say, smile, God loves you. And I thought, I'm going to mess that up. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to get up there and say, uh, God loves you, smile or something. I, I, I just know I'm going to choke. I'm gonna, and, and the more I thought about that, and the more we were singing, and the, and the song was getting closer to the end, my, I could feel my pant legs. I, I thought they were just vibrating. I thought everybody in the whole church is watching me up here. I thought, I'm going to pass out. And, 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 and the song ended, and I thought, oh, here we go. And, there, and it was like the waters parted, where all the kids knew, uh, well, Craig needs to come to the microphone. Uh, and, and so they parted, and I went down to the microphone and I said, smile, God loves you, and went back as fast as I could go. And you know what? I, it's so crazy when God said, you know, I want to start a church in Avon, Indiana, that'll reach out and tell people about the full life of Jesus, the, the full life in Christ, and, and, and reach out to all of Hendricks County and, and even through the internet, through the world. And, 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 and when he decided, I want to do this, he says, you know what I want to do? Let's go get that kid that grew up on the west side of Indianapolis. Come on, somebody. And, and let's go get him and bring him back and, and let him be the pastor 
of that church. And I'm telling you today what God has done in Avon and Hendricks County, and there are missions work around the world and different things that God has done. I'm telling you, it's not because of me. It's not in light of me. It's actually in spite of me because God said, I'm going to use somebody who didn't even want to go to a microphone one day who didn't even want to say anything. And I'm going to use him to speak for me. I'm going to use him. I'm telling you, folks, I'm telling you that story so that you can know there's hope for you. There's hope for you. You can come to know the resurrection power of God, a testimony of how great God is. Because when God said, and Peter, I want you to go get my disciples and Peter, he was announcing, it's not over yet. You may have denied me three times. You may have checked yourself off the list. You may think that you no longer count, that you no longer matter. But I'm telling you, it looked like it was over until Jesus came out of the tomb. And for Peter, it looked like it was over the moment he denied the Lord three times. But it ain't over when God is on the move. When God is involved, anything can happen, right? Come on, somebody, help me out today. I feel you're out there. All right, let's look at how the resurrection power not only helps us to know God, but he helps us to know God in transformation, and he helps us to know God in restoration, too. I mean, Peter was totally restored. When Mark tells this story, it's Peter telling it. And none of the other gospel writers, when they tell this story, do they tell it quite like this. They, they talk about, well, the angel said to go get the disciples and I'll go meet with them. And, and so they went and they communicated that message to the disciples. But when Peter is telling Mark, he says, I thought I was out. I thought I was done. I thought it was game over. But he called me by name. He spoke my name. And it meant something to Peter, don't you know? That that when Peter knew, oh, he's not just talking about the other guys. He's talking about me too. And so when Peter got the opportunity to actually speak for God. Can you imagine? And write scripture. I want us to look at three different passages in 1 Peter, okay? It's named after Peter. And and so 1 Peter, the first writing of Peter, here's what it says in verse 3 of chapter 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in His great mercy. How many know it's one thing to talk about mercy and it's another thing to experience mercy? I mean, this guy, when he's writing about, he knows about mercy, right? He knows about mercy. He says, in his great mercy, because I know about mercy. He called me by name. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I'm sure his mind is going back to that day when that angel said, go tell my disciples, go tell his disciples, and 
Peter that he's gone before and he wants to meet with them. And when he gets the opportunity to write himself, he says it was about mercy. It was about a new birth. It was about a living hope that God put. Let's read on. Here's verse 8. He says, though you have not seen him, I know you haven't seen him, okay? Some of you that I'm writing to, he says. You, you haven't seen him, but you love him. See, you, you, your heart, you love him. You're not just obeying commands. And even though you do not see him now, which that would be me, Peter would say, you know, I did see him. I spent over three years with him. I fished with him. I saw him take fish and multiply them. I saw him open blinded eyes. And then I saw him die on the cross, but I also saw him risen from the dead as well. But even though I don't see him now, just like you, we still believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. He says, we're receiving it. We haven't received it, but we're receiving it every day. See, he he says it's, it's an ongoing power working in our lives, this resurrection power. And then verse 18, he says, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life. How many know that life can be empty? And things that you thought would bring you happiness as soon as you got it out of the box, they were already making a new, a new version. And once you got it out, you thought, well, I want that one now, right? How many know that relationships, all different kinds of things in life, they, they just don't fulfill. They're not satisfying forever. The empty way of life handed down to you, he says, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He died on the cross perfect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. So your faith and hope are in God. I mean, he says, my faith, my hope is in God. It's not in Peter. It's not in who I was. I failed miserably. I fell on my face three times in a row, Peter says. But in his great mercy, in his great love, in his great forgiveness, it's not about me, Peter says. The reason why you look at me and you think, oh, he's a great leader in the church. Look at where he is today. He says, you don't know where God brought me from. You don't understand his grace working in my life. One day when I thought it was over, when I thought game over, it's done. I might as well just go back to fishing. I'll never be included again. He called me by name. Come on, somebody. He's calling you by name now. He's speaking your name. The same Jesus. It may feel like Friday to you, but I'm telling you, Sunday's coming, right? The resurrection came. And all of spring, I, I just love spring because it shows to me the resurrection power of God. You just look in all of nature and it just comes back to life. 
I've got trees in my yard. They look like sticks in the wintertime. Looks like it's over. But they come back. And all of creation is telling you, you can come back. You can come back. You can come back from defeat. You can come back from death, even. You can come back from divorce. You can come back from whatever destructive thing has happened in your life. There is comeback power in God. God sees something in you that you may not even see in yourself. He saw it in Peter. He, he says, I, I see something in you, Peter, and you, I'm going to call it out of you. You're a rock. And I, I would love to be a part of the process that God has in your life. Because I believe God wants to do great things in your life. And I've seen Him do so many great things in so many people in this church family and around the world. I would love to be a part of your journey. So here's, here's what I'm going to say to you, and I say this sometimes, and that is give us 90 days. Give us 90 days and just commit to God for 90 days and just say, hey, I'm going to keep watching this. I'm, I'm going to keep plugged into the church. And when we can meet again, you, you come and meet with us. And, and you just plug in for 90 days and see if your life's not better from the inside out than what it was before. You see, God has transforming power. He will transform the doubt the fear, you, you may be living in fear. And one of those fears can be, you know, what if we get COVID? What, what if we get something that, we, that can't be cured? What, what if we die? Well, when you're a Christian, you know that, that to die is not the end. It's just the beginning of eternity. And you can start really living today when you accept Christ and have full life in Christ. Again, not accepting the church, not accepting a bunch of rules and regulations, but accepting Jesus in relationship with Jesus. What's that look like? It looks like men and women in this church who have been transformed by the power of God. It looks like people who fill this building every week who are now transformed by the grace of God, who used to be addicted to alcohol, who couldn't get loose of it, who are addicted to drugs. We've got people in this church who have been addicted to all different kinds of things, but those chains broke off under the name of Jesus. The resurrected power of Jesus can break every chain, every chain. And now they serve Jesus and have the thrill, like Peter did, of the power of God flowing through their life to minister to other people. And I'm telling you, there's just nothing like that. They're not perfect. I'm not perfect, but I'm better because of Him. And they're better because of Him, and you can be too. You know, religion says rules, but Jesus says relationship. Go get Peter. Go get Peter. Not so I can beat him up because of what he did. Not so I can tell him what a miserable loser he is. Not so I can tell him that I am so disappointed in you, Peter. I mean, I, I thought we were buddies. You promised you were going to do good and on look at you. You, you failed so miserably. What, what a mess you are. No, that's, that's not why Jesus wanted Peter to come to him. It's so he could restore him. 
so he could restore him. See, you can come back. Jesus came back from the dead. Peter came back from disappointment and denial. And you can come back today. And maybe you've been away from God, but I'm telling you, today's the day he can call you by name. And maybe he's calling you right now. Maybe it's Steve. Maybe it's Sally. Maybe it's Chris. Maybe it's Tammy. Maybe I don't know what your name is, but I do know he knows your name. And he's calling after you. You can come back. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that we can come back to you, that we can know you personally, that we can know you in the power of your resurrection, that we can know you intimately the way you want us to. Maybe you're out there today and you say, Craig, I, I just want to know him more. I, I, I've maybe grown a little cold or a little, little uh, uh, detached in my relationship with God. But maybe this COVID crisis is kind of helping you to reexamine your life. And maybe today... You just need to recommit and say, Lord, I'm coming back to you. Lord, I need you in my life, and I need to get a little closer than I've been, and I want to fully surrender to you. Others of you, maybe it's been longer than just a few days. For others of you, it might be that you, you've been away from God for a long, long time, and maybe you walked out of church because of what I said earlier. You saw hypocrites and you walked out. Or maybe you saw such a long list of things that you had to do in order to be good enough for God. And you thought, I just can't do it. I, I can't be good enough. If that's what it takes for God to accept me, if I've got to be nearly perfect, I don't think I can pull that off. And the good news, friend, is God didn't come to bring you a list. He came to bring you life and life to the full. And if you'll come to him today, I believe he'll change your life forever. So I want to pray for you. Maybe just take these words and pray them to him. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to not only die on the cross to pay for my sin, but to be resurrected from the dead to prove you have power over death. Lord, right now, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my rebellion. Forgive me of denying you. Whatever it is, God, just forgive me today. And wash me. Make me new. I want a relationship with you from this day forward. Thank you for accepting me as a child of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Friend, I believe if you prayed that prayer, I believe if you sincerely in your heart accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I believe He's starting a change in you right now. I believe the change starts right now and that resurrection power begins to operate in your life. Again, just try it for 90 days. See what God won't, won't make happen in your life if you do. And we want to reach out to you in any way we can. So if you prayed that prayer, let us know and we'll do all we can. Until next week, God bless you.